Hello, and welcome to episode 44 of The Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. Oh dear, I feel this may be a motif that runs throughout the show. (laughs) And so, the widely predicting that Joe pacing that Jose and his blue boys were due to receive at the hands of Manuel Pellegrini's all-conquering goal-scoring machine didn't quite transpire. The days of portly Iberian restaurant operatives are but a distant memory, but last night the hapless Manuel took a proverbial slap round the head that Basil Forty himself would be proud to deliver. If, as Jose suggests, we are a little horse in the three-way race for the title, then that must put David Moyes and his band of misfits, sorry Juan, somewhere down in the basement of the glue factory. And as for Spurs, well, they've always been a bunch of hopeless donkeys. Joining me, Dare Kaiser, or Johnny as I'm otherwise known, to ponder a premiership cracker in Eastlands and all things Chelsea from the last fortnight or so, are Mark25, who is Mark. Hello there. Dr. Blue Bayou, who is Donal. Evening veterinary. <laughs> and Grocer Jack, who is Tony. Nay, my lord. Uh, no, <laughs> hello. <laughs> now, before we dive into tonight's proceedings, I would like to introduce our first ever special guest on the Podding Shed. Now, obviously, we wanted to give you, the listener, a true blue big hitter. A Chelsea face, no less. So we went to the very top. Well, we tried to get Abramovich, but his people threatened us with legal action if he never bothered him again. However, in a world exclusive, we are delighted to welcome the captain, leader, and legend of the Chelsea fan cast, Mr. Stamford Chidge. Oi, oi! Blimey, blimey. I, I, have to, I have to admit, I thought I was going to get introduced as Ed the Talking Horse for a minute. But, uh, that's, I'm, I'm truly honoured. I'm not worthy. Thank you. Welcome, well, thanks for coming on. And uh, we would also very briefly like to thank you for your your continued support and, uh, and plugging of this um, this fine show on your um, on your fan cast because it is much much needed and most welcome. Well, I, I, I prefer it to my show, mate. So it's not. A, it's not a <laughs> well, just, just before we start, has he had a medical? <laughs> oh, we, don't just sign, we don't just sign anyone here, would we? Just, just step over here. Just step over here a sec. Will you? If, if I had a medical, they'd never let me on air anywhere. All right, just just cough, will you? <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Oh, you're fine. You're on. Easy. <laughs> right. Wouldn't we normally have to get Spurs to pay his fare? <laughs> just a thought. It's, a, it's worth, well, yeah. worth consideration. Right. And so to last night's heavyweight premiership clash with Manchester City at Eastlands. Buses would be parked and 19th century football would be played by Chelsea, apparently. Well, how wrong they were. With Mourinho the tactical mastermind and Billy McCulloch as the motivator, Manchester City lost their unbeaten record this season, unbeaten home record this season, rather, and failed to score at Eastlands for the first time since November 2010. And Chelsea also became the first team to record a Premier League double over City since Evan in the 2010-11 season. A fantastic effort from everyone in blue. Arguably our best performance of the season so far. Mark, kick us off. Your thoughts on the game. Are we starting with the game? Absolutely. I thought we had something else lined up to start off. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to spend the first five minutes applauding me on getting it right about us selling matter Ah. and that he was was an unwanted prawn on top of our suet pudding. (laughs) 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 I, I don't get five minutes of praise and adulation. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Okay. All right. Well, last night, I mean, it was just fantastic. I mean, I can't remember 
the last time uh, I've seen such an exhilarating performance from Chelsea. I mean, it was really, really fantastic. Uh, it was nerve-wracking throughout. I mean, I was nervous before the game. I never expected that kind of performance or that result. During the game, my nervousness really came from the fact that we had so much of the game and so many opportunities that we failed to put away. I thought this is going to end up, you know, 1-1 and be really, really disappointing, even though before the game I might have been happy with 1-1. But it was just outstanding. I mean, every player to a man was fantastic. Lots of praise today on Matic, who I thought was immense. Lots of praise for Hazard, who was fantastic. But the, the player who seems to be getting bigger every week, at least metaphorically, is William. I mean, the guy, you know, no one really knew much about him. I mean, if Salah turns out to be... 50-60% of William, you know, we've got a fantastic forward line. Mm. I t- he, but William d- d- is extraordinary. We've, we've, we've sort of touched on him briefly on the show in the past, and I think we were all probably slightly baffled at the at the fee for an attacking midfielder who doesn't have the greatest goal-scoring record, but it, he's just become this extraordinary little Duracell bunny who... I mean, he looks like Essien in his prime. Two, you know, 2006-07 Sen pre-big injuries just in terms of the running that he does he, he simply mm. does not stop um, Donal um, did you manage to catch the game I, I trust yes I did yes I was, I was lucky enough to watch it and uh, you know like everyone else I was um, not not taken aback but perhaps pleasantly surprised quite how well it all came together um, there was this sort of feeling beforehand you know what would um Pellegrini do? How would he set out? Uh, I think a lot of people misinterpreted the Dimichaelis move as him sort of blinking first or taking a step back, whereas I think it was more forced on him by by injuries to uh, Fernandinho and, and Garcia. Uh, but I think that that obviously that obviously helped. Yeah, um, I was slightly surprised. I presume Milner was fit. I'm sur- slightly surprised he didn't put Milner in there personally. But yeah, central is he? Is he a holding midfielder? Milner? He's not really, know. but I think he's played there before. It, it just he seemed like a more viable. I mean, Dimichaelis is he's not had the greatest of, of seasons thus far, no. Um, no. and it just it just seemed a surprising a surprising choice. <laughs> but um, Sid Celery uh, directed us uh, on Twitter towards the match of the day two sort of preview program that you can get on iPlayer. He was asking us to home in on the, as he put it, eligious uh, Alan Green, because they're obviously all on the, the bus parking uh, yeah. idea. And uh, I was delighted to hear Robbie Savage, uh, who in various places was talking about, you know, Chelsea not having much chance and parking the bus, say that uh, in his opinion, Dimichaelis, Dimichaelis was better suited to a defensive midfield role. <laughs> and, of course, we, we know what happened when he did put him in there. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was, um, it was a fine performance. Again, the comparisons beforehand were to us going up to Man United and Arsenal, and there's this meme, this theme <clears throat> they've developed that everywhere Chelsea go and they play away, they park the bus. But if you go back and look... Yeah. Over, you know, Man United was very early in the season. Uh, Tottenham was relatively early in the season, and they lumped that in with Arsenal. But if you actually go back and look, and obviously stats don't tell half the story. But the interesting thing is, people forget how bad a night it was that night. Yeah, but that's the, very true. The percentage possession was relatively similar, mm. uh, and Chelsea 
had created more chances and got more on target against City than they did against Arsenal, but restricted Arsenal to far fewer chances. Than, I mean, City was supposedly had 25 chances last night. I, I don't, I don't know how they calculate that, but um, you know, they, they certainly did have half a dozen really good chances, which Arsenal never really had. No. But you could see in the Arsenal game the template for what went on last night because they were relatively successful in <clears throat> sucking a team in and hitting them on the break uh, against Arsenal. It just didn't really work as well as it could have that night. But it was obviously a tune-up for you know, developing a system that he feels he can use against some of the bigger teams. Yeah. And I think the thing that stood out for me um, was the last 10 minutes of the first half where they basically put a high press on City and City, with all the ball-playing players they've got, couldn't get out of their half. They couldn't basically get out of the penalty area. And they just ended up just kicking possession away time and time again. Now, obviously, you can't do that for a whole game. But the fact that they were able to keep a team who's been scoring goals for fun, as they say, uh, penned in around their own penalty box for what seemed like five or ten minutes. Maybe it was shorter. But it was very, that was a significant moment in the game because I think at that point City realised that they, you know... They, they were a old scrap on their hands. Yeah, that, that they had a, a big problem because they, they didn't have... Apart from company, they didn't have anyone who was confident enough on the ball when being pressed. And, and having William um, Hazard, Eto and Ramirez, who they played much further up than I think people expected, having those four pressing up on their back uh, line created havoc. And it was very impressive to watch. Um, no, it, was, um, it, it really was. Well, Mourinho described it as, I think, like, pretty much the perfect performance. Um, Chidge, you obviously had your hands full um, last night doing um, other things, so quite how much of the game you actually got to see is, um, is open to get open to question. Well, but that, That's no way to talk about my relationship with Darren, honestly. <laughs> uh, mate, it was absolutely mental. I mean, you know, it's the first time um, we've had the opportunity, really, to, to cover, you know, a, a match as it's going on, because normally we're just you know, disappear off and be watching it at the game or, or in a pub somewhere. But uh, because we're kind of contracted effectively to do the show every Monday night uh, for the channel, I kind of thought, well, you know, we might as well give it a whirl. But it was mental because, you know, y- you can't present a show and watch one of the, you know, the biggest match for us this season and also try and interact with people. So basically we just gave up and, and acted <laughs> like people in a pub. Uh, but I, I, I just... I've just been watching it back, weirdly, because it's on, it's on repeat at the moment. And I have to say, my overriding feeling, uh, having done it and, and watching it back, is it's very much like uh, having a dump in public. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a very uncomfortable experience and somewhat embarrassing. <laughs> no, not, not one you may be repeating in the, in, the, in the near future. I don't know. Well, I mean, if we do it again, and I mean, the, the, weirdly, it'll only be, not the dump, the show, obviously, but I mean, <laughs> if we do it again... Uh, it, it will be just circumstantial because it will mean that there's a, a match that I'm not going to, and uh, and, and then we'll do it. But uh, if we do do it again, I think we'll we'll try and you know do it a little bit more professionally than we managed last night. To put it that way. <laughs> I would um, I would direct you. I, I personally haven't watched this yet, but with with a build up like that, I'm, I'm straight after this, I should be doing so. Well, um, where is it? Yeah, it's, 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 on, it's, on, yeah, it's on Sports Tonight Live um, as we speak i think it's in the denouement 
but there you go. But uh, it'll be, I mean, you know, it's repeated every day about three times on there, and I've, I've got to get the podcast up tomorrow, but I mean, God knows what that's going to be like. It's usually on YouTube, YouTube isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even know what we're going to do with that, you see, because basically, you know, the normal show that we do, uh, because of the, the way that the ad breaks work, uh, we, we end up now naturally with six parts so it actually lends itself very very well to putting it on youtube yeah uh but i mean you know i mean it's a lie it, you know it's a, it's kind of one of those you had to be there moments so putting i don't know what we're going to do but we'll see people were asking for it so you know who am you i can, to you jump? can you can enter it for the turner prize as something titled is. De- 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 defecation in Six yes, parts, something it's, like that, it's yeah. very much got a very Tracy Ehrman feel to it. Actually, <laughs> it's, like, it's like Chelsea's kind, Chelsea supporters' equivalent of a dirty protest, perhaps. <laughs> Soiling their own bedwear. <laughs> now, Tony, follow that. <laughs> very difficult to. Um, uh, I'm, I am going to tutor because I normally am quite an avid viewer of the of uh, Chidge and the fan cast crew, and uh, of course, I made a live appearance myself. Um, Indeed, uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, whatever, um, and uh, I can't imagine what's because it's hard enough watching a frigging game in a house on your own. Do you know what I mean when yeah. all you really want to do is turn the frigging television off, make the world go away, and <laughs> then turn everything on at about ten o'clock and think, and then try and find the last tweet, which is either going to be someone, some bedwetter. Um, ready to commit suicide who wants Mourinho sacked and the he's, club blown up he's and playing Lewis in whatever <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or every everybody's having a massive fan wank fest over everything that we did and of course that's what it was so uh, you know fair play if you're trying to watch it and present a TV programme yeah. because I couldn't have watched it and scratched my nuts at the same time it, yeah. you know it was, I was so glued to it and I've actually I don't know if you put, no one would have noticed because no one takes any notice of me on Twitter anyway but I've actually given up tweeting during games um because I, I did found notice you, you were radio I, silent last well, night. Well, I, I found myself looking at the fucking Twitter feed, right? And, and then all of a sudden you look up and go, I don't know, we've scored. <laughs> but yeah. That's no way to carry on. It's a complete failure to multitask on my part, of course. It, it um, is a night. I mean, I, I've done a lot of uh, uh, tweeting on matches for, 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 uh, for football fancast, really, but under the Chelsea fancast banner, as it were. And and I hate it because I miss the blooming match. Yeah, you know. It, I mean, you're sending some <clears throat> bloody tweet or thinking of something funny or or in my case, usually stupid to to, to tweet. And it, uh, and you miss something. It really drives me up the wall. And it actually reminds me of when you go to a wedding or an occasion and you're taking the photographs because you're seeing yes. everything through the lens and you're not actually the one being photographed or necking loads of drink or trying to do that. And it's just not quite the same. I. Go, I'll move to the game now, um, but I, you know, it was fantastic, wasn't it? And it, it, there's nothing else. You've, you've all c- sort of covered it for me. Um, Matic, um, outstanding. And just the fact that he was able to bully Yaya Toure off the ball. He, he, did, did, he did shove him about, didn't he? Uh, you know, you're thinking, this bloke is, no, is obviously no respecter of experience or alleged talent. I like Torre, by the way. I think he would have been a fabulous purchase for us. But um, but he's, you know, if you've ever seen him at Stanford Bridge, the man is a, a, he's a unit. He's a massive. You would not spill his pint willingly anyway. Well, no, but he, he's also one of those... 
you can't. You also you just wouldn't want to get in the way once he's moving. He's obviously he's not the quickest, but once he gets a yes, kind of barrel of speed up, it's, <laughs> it's the old runaway train thing. It you is. Want yeah. to get in the way. Um, and so for Matic to do that, uh, and Louise, who seems to be um, back in Mourinho's favour, uh, you know, between him and Matic, the blocks they did put in last night and the defensive cover they gave was uh, was superb. I actually did a tweet later on. I said, but if you look at now what we've got, because everyone's going, what about? John Obi Mikel's future but I would take Mikel and Matic Mikel and Louise Louise and Matic any combination of those two in a game like that and you are the envy I think of everybody and, and there's no question that Mourinho it's, 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 yeah I was, all I was going to say is there's no question for me that Mourinho is moulding this and he's almost there he can do the horses bit and he can do the, the we're not ready and the, the eggs aren't hatched yet or whatever it was but he knows He's damn close. Yeah, I, I and, think he's he's confident, isn't he? You can tell. Yes, yeah. And, and so for me, I, I think it was it was it was outstanding. I, I just want to say because I have been um, uh, I've been pretty um, pretty uh, in your face about how good I think Eden Hazard is. Okay, Eden yeah, Eden Hazard, right? Um, and last night he absolutely terrorised their back line. And I, saw, I think we saw one of the best performances from him um, against a team that everyone's going, ah, oh, defensively they're a bit suspect. Well, you know, company, I don't think he's particularly suspect. He absolutely terrorised them. And uh, that, you know, I hope they get him on the coach after every game and wrap him in cotton wool, keep mm. him away from jars of salad cream and all sorts of things like that. You know, the, the, that, is, <laughs> that is one hell of a player. Yeah, so great stuff. Yeah, and, I, and, and, and one last thing. I didn't find a single Manchester City fan at work today. You are all bottlers. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's a perfectly fair comment. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just just want to talk a bit a bit more about Matic. I mean, obviously, much discussion about us letting him go. Oh, blah blah blah. It's it's been you know well, it was a motif a couple of weeks ago. Um, just a fantastic sort of well second first debut, if you like. Um, his just his composure on the ball. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Mikel and, and I like him as a player. But he, he does one thing that he does very, very well. He's there to shield the back four and pass it five yards to whoever's in front of him, and that's that. Matic just seems to offer so much more in terms of the ground he covers, his tackling, his his, his work off the ball, as well as on it. Uh, um, I just even based on that result last night, he's he's pretty much repaid the fee already. That that was just a terrific, terrific performance. Um, Mark, just in terms of, of this kind of new look midfield um, with Lewis, who seems to be kind of Jose's choice for the bigger games, are you uh, are you a fan of it? Are you do you have reservations about playing different teams with with that setup? Or well, I think it's horses for courses. <laughs> oh, 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 lovely! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we missed him. You know, we really um, him. will we play that team every game? I don't know. I'm sure against Newcastle, we'll play differently. I mean, my favourite out of all of them is Oscar. You know, are we saying that last night the team proved themselves so much that Oscar is going to follow Matter up north somewhere? Um, I don't think so. So I don't think we'll play that team every week. Um, Matic does look fantastic. Luis was fantastic last night. 
unusually so, I would say, much to the um, chagrin of Tony, who doesn't really agree with that. But um, he's a bit, you know, he's a bit up and down, Luis, and he can be a bit reckless. He's sort of a bit like a cream cake to me. I quite like them, but he does make me feel sick occasionally. Um, <laughs> so, if he played like that every week, if he played like that every week, I'd feel quite secure because he didn't do anything stupid last night. No, I think he... so. He's got to do. He's got to do that for a month to prove to me that you know he, he can do it. Because he, there seemed to be. He seemed to be doing less of the donkey work, which I think is is where he falls boom, down. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Another one in there, coin, you know. Um, You've got to say though, he's a thoroughbred footballer. <laughs> <laughs> keep them coming, folks. Keep them coming. Um, oh, just yeah, I, did, I think last last night when when the, when the team news first came through, the, the lack of Oscar just you know, raised an eyebrow. Initially, it was it was certainly a strong side, but it was one of those things you thought oh, that's unusual. Yeah. Um, I was I was apoplectic, Johnny. I really was. I couldn't believe he'd left really? Oscar out. Yeah, I was. I just because I mean, you know, Oscar in many respects. I mean, you know, he he set his stall out at the beginning of the season, sacrificed matter for Oscar, who he says is his number ten. You know, effectively saying you are the main man in my team, and and he leaves him out of the biggest game of the season. I couldn't believe it. But as always, the smug son of a bitch, Jose Mourinho, <laughs> proves me. <laughs> You know, if I didn't love him so much, I'd hate him. There, there, there is, there's this annoying reason as to why he's paid several million pounds a yeah. year and wins, wins heaps of trophies, isn't there? It's um, yeah, I, you know, it's. I think um, he wanted he wanted Ramirez in, didn't he? He, he wanted yeah. to play Ramirez and Hazard as his two, and and he he elected to go for William behind, almost in in that central position because uh, William yeah. did a, although everyone raised about Matic and, and rightly so William did an awful lot of <clears throat> tracking back and sort of bothering uh, this could all sound very disreputable but sort of bothering Toure from behind a lot <laughs> if you see what I mean <laughs> he was sort of you know as Toure was moving forward okay uh, you know Luis or, or Matic might be fronting him up but it was William who often came back and nicked the ball away or, or you know got him flustered and he, he, he misplaced the ball and that was obviously a job that he felt he was going to do better than Oscar although Oscar to me is, is a very good tackler and, and a, a, a good physical player but there must have been some some nuance and I think that's all it came down to was nuances maybe he was feeling after the West Ham game that perhaps Oscar was just showing a dip in form you know I think it's speed actually I think if mm. you gave, if you had a sprint race between the four of them Ramirez yeah. William Hazard mm. and Oscar mm. those three would be in the penalty area and he'd sort of be just outside the centre circle <laughs> no, I mean he, he can run all day yeah, and he tackles yeah. hard but you're he's trying not, to say, you're trying to say he's not play. <laughs> well, a little bit. It'll be a photo finish, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I tend to agree with what Daniel just said. I, I do think that, and I, you know, if if any anybody has been an exponent of the of the squad game over the years, it's been Mourinho. Mm. You know, and, and and people seem to forget that the first in his first tenure. Um, we, we, of course, he took over from you know the the, the the Tinker Man, and then very much did very similar stuff. But nobody ever really picked up on it. Nobody ever said, "Well, you're just Tinker Man too." They just went, 
oh, you're a strategic genius, you are, aren't you? You know, you, I think, and I think, but there is that, and I think it, that that's what separates him out slightly is that ability to 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 rest Oscar for the arguably the biggest game of the season, and then have him come on the pitch. And as a Brim, uh, Ibrahimovic said, he'd still have run for a wall for a Jose. He still would have done it. Mm. He wasn't upset in any way or whatever. He would have had that explained to him. This is why I'm doing this. You know, I mean, I, I guess if if you're looking at it, if any player's got a reason to be slightly miffed at the moment, you could argue Ashley Cole has. Not a peep. Mm. Not mm. a peep. Not even a leak of dissent. No mm. agent suddenly going out. He's going to go to MLS or anything next year. Nothing. Because he's obviously been told what the plan is. And I, th- I quite like that. I think that's, you know, something we've been missing for, well, since Mourinho was there last time, if we're, if we're honest. Mm. Mm, totally right. I would um, 200 grand a week helps him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, that, that was softens, softens yes. the blow, doesn't yes, it? It, it would soothe most furrowed brows, I think, at some point or another, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. Yes. Uh, Sorry, Johnny. And 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 his fetlocks aren't quite oh. what they used to be. Uh. <laughs> I think you've got that one on the nose, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we going to talk about what forwards? How we're still saddled with perhaps not the best set of forwards, but anyway, no, we'll. I'm we'll going to go further back, and I want to talk about JT and Cahill. Um, which is is turning into it, it looks like JT and Carvalho. Although to me, and I, Joe Tweed's mentioned this in an article, and I I kind of thought it last night. And I'm not in any way trying to steal something because it was a very salient point. Is that JT looks more like Carvalho now than than he does JT in terms of he seems he's not as aggressive and gung ho. He's, he's reading the his reading of the game is exceptional, um, and between him and Cahill. I thought they were absolutely immaculate last night and have been for <coughs> quite some time. Um, and it, it's 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 one hell of a partnership and it's it's probably the reason why Louis is, is playing elsewhere in the side. Um, Tone, I, I know you're a big big Gary Cahill fan and I think we've, we've had the discussion before where we've all said, well, you know, he's not quite JT and waiting, but last half a dozen games or so, um, I mean, you know, having having the master next to you always helps, but he's really come on hugely. Well, I think you know, I've I've a champion the idea of of developing players rather than just keep going and picking them off the shelf and saying you're ready to come in. Uh, a bit like the old days, and I know it's a slightly nostalgic view of of the game, but you know, sometimes it's been. A, about being able to spot a player with that potential. Let's not forget, Arsenal were very heavily rumoured to be in for Cahill. Yeah, okay? true. Mm. And they've never really ever replaced to the level of that original back four of Dixon, Winterburn, Adam, <coughs> Boulder, wherever it was. And uh, when we got him, you know, for me, it was, well, you know, he's captain of Bolton, he's a young lad, uh, and he can, if he's got anything about him, he will feed off of the experience around him. And you said it there, the word partnership. In the last few weeks, and I'd argue possibly all season, he has come on leaps and bounds. And when you watched it last night, but you know, in other games as well, they are the understanding. Is it's it's the Johnson, uh, Jimmy Floyd, Asselbank. One is covering the other. They're mm. always watching each other's back. And I think you know, if there's a criticism of Louise, it's that he doesn't do that. He does tend to have moments yeah. where he loses focus and wanders off. I, I I accept that on the point of him being an entertaining footballer. Who I pay money to go and see, but Cahill and uh, JT absolutely fabulous. Um, but JT for England, no, tell him to stick it up their ass. I don't want to see <laughs> him back. I don't want to see him back in an English shirt. He's been treated. Mate, don't worry, Tony. I don't worry. I think that horse has bolted. 
Yes, I do. I think well, I think you're right, Chidge. But I, 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 I'm, I'm looking at an article now from Daniel Taylor in the Guardian about you know he could choose, and if he went back to the FA, Roy Hodgson would yeah. probably be an advocate of it. And I, I think he's been yeah. better since he's been out of the England scene altogether. I agree, yeah. mate, and, and and I think that you know, selfishly, I wouldn't, I would hate to see him go back to play for England because I would rather he prolonged his career at Chelsea. I think he's got another year, or certainly two, maybe two years in him. Yes. Uh, the other thing is, I mean, you know, if he, if the FA think that he's going to go back on his knees and beg to play for them, they can stick that right out their ass after the way that, that they treated him. Yeah. And I think the other thing, but it's interesting that it's Daniel Taylor writing that he was basically. Uh, Man United's official press officer. He is. Yes. <laughs> oh right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but frankly, that the, all of the media who is, you know, you know, getting behind this, let, let's bring JT back. All they're doing is trying to unsettle Chelsea and JT. It's, that's what their agenda is. Because they'll crucify as soon as he's yeah. back in that squad. Oh, the moment, the moment there's, you know, it, the moment he's seen in a, in 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 a, an area with three or four players around him, it will be. Uh, he's building his clique. Yeah. He's going to destroy the team. As I said last night on Twitter, there isn't a carousel in an airport in the world that could handle the baggage that's going to come. <laughs> yeah, very good. Very good. It yeah. just, no, it's true. I, I, but it's, I might play, have a little bet tonight, actually, on um, the odds of the FA grovelling to get JT back in the summer and the cricket board grovelling to get Peterson back in the summer. It <laughs> <laughs> would be a nice what, little accumulator. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting to see what happened if it was the other way around, wouldn't it? <laughs> the FA trying to get Peterson to play. Well, I don't think... <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them, the bunch of idiots that they are, but there well, you go. It, the thing is, it's, it's, with JT, it's catch-22. If he doesn't go back, he'll, he'll be blamed for the you know inevitable failure. You know, he let his country down, whatever. If he does go back, you know, we, we've just covered exactly what would happen. Yeah. From, from when all else fails, blame JT and Chelsea. Yeah, hey. just, let him have a couple of years with us, and then he can go out to pasture. <laughs> what about Stud? Yeah, I was going to say with, with JT as well. Like, I, think I think that's I think that's got him enough trouble as it is. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear! It's like the old fisherman's friend joke. Um, yeah. so yeah, Look, but... just because you're born on a stable doesn't mean you're a horse, mate. <laughs> um, I would. Um, I, I would also just. Just mention. I mean, obviously, JT has has been with us since since the year dot, and, and cost us nout in terms of transfer fees. Ashley Cole, whatever value was was placed on him as part of the Gallus deal, um, and then the other the other two in, in in last night's back four, Gary Cahill was seven and a half million quid, and and the boy Dave as Pili Quetta was seven and a half million quid, and he's turning into a. I mean, he was he was yes. smart last season. He, he didn't entirely win me over, but he's been exceptional. And you know, ultimately, he's keeping Ashley Cole out of the side. And he's, yeah, he's playing on the wrong side, basically. Yeah, isn't he? And he's, he's just a, he's a smart little defender. He doesn't, you know, it, it sort of kind of reminds me a little bit of Albert Ferrer. It's nothing flashy, nothing clever. Just very, very solid, very sensible. Does what he needs to do. I'm I must admit, I'm becoming hugely impressed with him. And um, our back four, I'm. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I think they look solid, doesn't it? It looks very, very good. Um, now, the, the rest of the, the rest of the game, I thought the, the only issue I had had with it. I mean, we were a little shaky for the first first ten minutes or so, but you expect that when you you go into a place like Eastlands. Um, we timed it right at the end, but they were starting to they were starting to really look leggy towards the end, just given the yes. you know the sheer amount of running that they they were all doing to to contain mm. City. Um, 
it's it's not something you would want to try. You know, we've, we've discussed the fact that they're not going to play every week. It's certainly not something you want to try too often. Um, but we've still got to go up to Anfield, and we've still got Arsenal at the bridge. So I, I would wouldn't mind betting we will see a similar approach in certainly the the away game at Liverpool, um, and possibly at home against Arsenal. But you know, he'll certainly he'll certainly, I think play this high-pressing game against Liverpool because he did it at the bridge. They've depended on Mignone's distribution, which has been fairly shaky, if you remember. Mm. Um, that's been a constant with Liverpool through the season, Rodgers wanting the distribution to come out from the back. And indeed, they came unhinged against West Brom, didn't they, when Toure um, yes, basically yeah, yeah. passed straight to Amitri. They They will continue to play the ball out from the back and I am absolutely certain that he is going to go with his high press. Upper. I would be very surprised if he doesn't go up to Anfield and play that high-pressing game on them, you know, because they, they then have to go long. And as we saw last night, <clears throat> even though they had a lot of height, they had Dzeko, they had Toure, uh, they had Negredo, when forced to go long, um, Chelsea, you know, were more than adequate you know, aerial resources to deal with it. So, um, you know, I, I, I'd fancy him certainly to, to do that up at Anfield. Mm. The Arsenal game, possibly different. I might as well, because <clears throat> it's, you know, the bi-weekly bring in the chips and I'll piss all over them. <laughs> um, we have to go up to Main Road again. And main, we could... Main we, Road? Main, the Etihad. Yes. We have to go to Man City again in the cup, mm. and there's every chance should they get past Barcelona, we could meet them at least another for at least another two games this season. Very true, and actually. the thing that worries me is you we won't beat Man City five times in a season. Would we? Do you think we'll beat them three times in a season? Well, it's all a bit hypothetical, isn't it? I mean, the Champions League is... Mm. But we've certainly got to play them a third time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... We've got to beat them three times in a season. Yeah, but they got um, Barcelona three days after that game, so they might put out yeah. a slightly weaker team. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think... I mean, those Barcelona... No, well, I mean, you're, comfort- you're helping me. You're helping me. This is therapy. But, but um... Mourinho's never lost to Pellegrini either. You know, no, I think that's seven matches, and he's not lost one of them. Mm. Yeah, he's, um, he, he's, I mean, he's certainly just tactically, he certainly had the measure room last night. As you said, yeah. at the end of the first half, don't we? He, he just had them sussed. Mm. Um, it's it's going to be very interesting to see. I think City, for the, ne- the next sort of four or five league games, they've actually got a reasonably straightforward run. So if, you, if you're going to build your confidence back up, then you've got <coughs> decent. I, I still think they're the team, I still think it's theirs to win. I don't think last night. Yeah, you know, last night I think is very good for our young players psychologically to have played a game, big game like that against a club on top of their form. They, they were missing two key players. I'm not making excuses for them, but they were missing two key players, and we we had the the choice of who we wanted more or less. Um, but I think psychologically it's very big for Chelsea. For them, I I don't know. They should be able to recover. I think he's got them playing well, and I think he's got them mentally set up okay. Mm. And um, I think if once they've got Fernandinho back or Garcia back, I, I, I 
I'd still back them to, to be there or thereabouts at the end of it. Yeah, Definitely. no, I agree. I agree. You know. I'll tell you what was what was interesting about last night, though, and I mean, actually, to be fair, Sky made a point of this as well, but if you looked at their bench compared to ours, it just shows you, if they have one or two key players out, actually, their squad doesn't quite look as deep as everybody's been telling everybody that it is. Yes. You know? <laughs> it's very true. true. Yeah. So where, no, I mean, has the, where has the 700 million <clears throat> quid gone? I mean, it can't all have gone to Neymar's parents. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> um, I mean, it's you know, I think there was a little bit made of, of the, the fact that um, Fernandinho, who I, I think is an exceptional player, um, and Aguero, who's obviously pretty much in a class of his own in the Premier League, um, much was made of them being out. But, you know, let, let's remember that it was Navas, Toure, Jovetic came yeah. on, Dzeko, Silva. Silva it, yeah. it was, it was, it was no shabby I, I, side. No, I thought it was, no, no. I thought it, was they were, it was a little disingenuous to us to go, well, you know, they had two players out and, uh, and that sort of stuff. And, and uh, as, as if that kind of in some way justified the fact that we went up there. And I think as much as anything else last night, that there was a genuine shock that emanated through the ground. So from the players to their fans, um, uh, that a team had come and had a go at them. Because, mm. let's face it, when you get a reputation like they've got, and they have been, let's face it, slamming goals in right, left and centre all season. They took Arsenal for six, they took uh, Tottenham for six, they've smashed nine past bloody West Ham in the last couple of weeks. And uh, and I, I think there's you, you get an arrogance with it, and also a fear factor built in. You know, this was always a, a hallmark of the old Liverpool sides back in the in the seventies and eighties. You know, you were beaten pretty much as you walked underneath the "This is Anfield" sign. Yeah, uh, you, uh, they were just yeah. going to go at you for twenty uh, minutes, yeah. and you weren't going to get any respite. And, and I think you know we had that, and I think we're probably getting that back now at Stamford Bridge, where teams are thinking, you know, if we get a draw here, we've done absolutely magically. And you know, I quote West Ham United at you, you know, as a great example of that. Um, but when we went there last night, and because I think, you know, perhaps they believed a bit of the press, and perhaps Pellegrini said, listen, I know Mourinho, he will come and park the bus because his experience from previous in the Liga has been similar to that. And we come along and we absolutely go at them. And I think there was a genuine, you know, uh, it, it's it's the, the sort of wizened old boxer, and he gets in the ring with a younger bloke. Uh, I don't know, what's that recent one we've had? George Groves and Froch. You know, it's fine. a lot of people were saying Froch is going to, Smash Groves out of the way, but he didn't. Not a bit of it, yeah. You know, and I think there's a little bit of that to it, and and and, and so I I agree with Donal. I don't think we will win the league. I think we will come second behind Manchester City. Okay, I think Arsenal I, won't get through the next month unscathed. I genuinely don't believe that, um, but I, I do think, and um, you know, everything Mourinho has said has been about the last couple of seasons where he has had slide digs at the previous coaches about the fact that we've been 20 points behind the leaders, we've been 6 one year and 3rd last year but 15 points off and this year we're not and we're not going to be because he's instilled that mentality in it and I think for the press and, and to be fair they've been pretty gushing about us today I've, I've tweeted today how weird that feels I'm not mm. sure I'm comfortable yeah, with but that's, it. Only, that's only to hide their embarrassment about well, yeah. so <laughs> over the top yes. for the in the you know the build up to it I, I think Honest Paul, Paul Wentworth Paul Wentworth tweeted a, a, I think it was Paul who tweeted a fantastic it was an article based on I think six or seven um, football journalists from the Sun will Mourinho part the bus yeah. man every single one it's of them every single one of them yeah. you know and they must all be you know they, between, they between, been... them, between them paid a king's ransom for their expert opinion <laughs> yes. but do, do you yes. know do you know when I do you know when I read that I thought 
I wonder how many of those are sitting there thinking, you know, I should never have let them, you know, some subby knock up something and put my <laughs> name above. They, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to be so cynical, but I'm fairly sure none of those people were ever asked the question or ever even offered an opinion. You know, you know the what? Sun, you know the what? sun decided. Could, could, I, could I just suggest that perhaps they all back the wrong horse? Oh, very good. You know what? I tell you, I've got it in front of me, this this thing. Sorry, mate. I've got this in front of me at the moment. And there's a bloke, apparently, who writes for The Sun called David Coverdale. And he says he will have to if he wants to stop their strikers. Nil-nil would be a great result. Um, When did he leave Whitesnake? (laughs) (laughs) Curious, really. Here he goes again on his own, in fact. Oh, there we go. I think um, it was Tim Rolls who uh, tweeted that he was in a pub with old-school City fans. Was this yes. last night? Or was yes. yeah, and he, he, said and he did say they were nervous. And I think, you know, really? pro- proper fans of any club don't get too carried away with it all. You know, the, I, I think they, a proper City fan, and, and I know a couple, yeah, they're delighted with what's going on, but they know that defensively there's still a weakness there. I mean, at that moment before we scored the goal, as there was a, there was a point where they had about five or six players back. And then... At one point, as the ball came back into the area, only three of them came back into the area, and there were these four. This four that I think it was match of the day was showing how a couple of weeks ago how Mourinho plays with this four up front. You know, players rotate in and out, but there's always four. And you watch any game Chelsea play, there's always this four in around the area, and about eleventy thousand of the other team all over them, and yet Man City. The four got into the box as the ball came back in. And having pushed out, only three, I think it was Company and Astasis and one other, drifted back in. And there was a moment there where, you know, they were outnumbered in their own box. And three or four other players were just standing and watching. And that is the weakness that City have. You know, they don't have that defensive discipline where as soon as the ball's coming back in, they all get back behind the ball. And I think proper City fans have, have picked up on that and, and know that that is a weakness that they will have to outscore teams because they're always likely to give up yeah. a goal against the decent teams you've lost me a bit there Daniel to be honest but um, I haven't <coughs> felt that lost since watching Jamie Carragher try and use that whiteboard thing <laughs> <whatever it's> on <laughs> Sky Sports the, the combination of that much technology I don't I don't know I don't know how you manage to wound me every week <laughs> and I, I think I think we've 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 reached unplumbed depths now when you're comparing me to Jamie Carragher. I mean, my predilection for Waitrose I can take, and a few of the other things. But <laughs> holy God, Jamie Carragher! Just picking up less what, sense than Jamie Carragher. Just picking up on what Tony was saying a minute ago about, about um, the fear factor. Um, I think I think a lot of that's got to do with Mourinho, and I mean, you know, Ferg. Ferguson had this when he was there at United, but I think you know having Mourinho uh, as your manager. Uh, I mean, so many teams come to Stamford Bridge, or even when we go away, and and, and they're, they're mindful of that. And I think there must be a little bit of a fear factor there. I mean, even Pellegrini. Pellegrini's never beaten him as a manager. That must play on their mind, you know. And I think, I mean, I said, and it's not often that I will, you know, blow my own trumpet on something like this. But I said at the beginning of the season. That you know, having Mourinho as manager could be worth ten to fifteen points for us this season, like it used to be for Man United when they had Ferguson. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if we sneaked it this year. And the other reason for that 
if you look at the kind of the head-to-head table of the top four, we've only dropped two points so far. Yeah, it's very true, actually. And, and, and you know, in a, in a tight league like this is going to be this year, I mean, you look how, how bunched up it is, at the, you know, at the top, you know, in a tight league, the results against the, your, your main rivals could, could be far more significant, and I wouldn't be surprised. And I tell you, you know what this means? I, I think it just shows you what a great guy, this, what a genius he is. In fact, you could probably say that he's a horse whisperer. <laughs> oh, you, you, you pulled us in there. You led us, <laughs> led us by the nose there. Sorry, Joe, just to start. Just to be I don't be it would be who you to say things like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at last, I'm delighted we've got someone on here who's pro Mourinho like myself. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a lone voice here for months. I'd go back to double winning season under Ancelotti. Now, I can't, I can't remember the exact way that the, the league broke down. We were top for quite a while. We had a bit of a dip over Christmas. We stayed top and then just dipped down slightly and United got ahead of us. I, I, can't, I can't remember exactly what I was thinking at the time, whether I thought, oh, no, we'll, we'll be fine, we'll do this, or uh, United are ahead now. It's a bit tricky. I think we were always kind of a game in hand and just not quite there. And then we went up to Old Trafford and the, you know, the opportunity presented itself. We won, and we won there, and never looked back. And, and that was that was pretty tight, as I recall. I think we were. It was kind of a, there was a point or two in it in sort of February, March, and then we, we just sort of stepped up and and went on from there. So I did, it's it's going to be tight, and um, you know it's the old cliche: the team that finishes above City will win the league. Um, I don't think we will, but just just kind of wonder. Let's let's see how they react to the last uh, well, the last 24 hours and, um, and how they go on from here because we're you know we're full of confidence and um, I wouldn't bet against us let's just say that is he still with City or is he gone he's on the bench yeah. was he was he mm. he's on the bench last night yeah um, it's worth um, it's worth bearing in mind something which I've never you know I forget something every week just as <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I was going to as a Jamie Carrigan. It's my Elka Seltzer moment. It's 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 a it's a it's a potting shed tradition. But uh, yes, I think of something and then forget it almost immediately. One very beautiful. Um, we should obviously touch on the hero of the night, Branislav Ivanovic. What a corking goal! His first ever goal with his left foot. It should be noted. Um, that was, I mean, it, it was a, it was a result of a, a good bit of pressing and, and, and just never giving up, and it, it felt fairly nicely to him. And um, I, I thought with his left foot, this will be well anywhere than other in the back of the net, and um, a terrific goal. And um, he, he, when he scores, he gets important ones, doesn't he? I think probably your best goal by fullback since Wainbridge scored against Arsenal in the Champions League. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I remember that well. I think sure. you're Sincerity was, was actually being serious because I think after the game he tweeted something the lines and just so everybody knows Ivanovic's goal was a cross. Yeah, I, I, took that as, I took that as being some dry humour. Sitters hates Branner, he's always moaning about Branner and his inability to cross. 
Yeah, yeah. 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 does leave a smidge to be desired, it has to be said, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a struggle. Most importantly, he was the reason that we have the current, although we've now sort of really left the competition behind, we've relinquished it, we are the current champions of Europa yeah. because of the great uh, yeah, yeah, backs. I mean, the fact we've now got two of them, two mad Balkans in one team, <laughs> is going to make us unstoppable. Uh, um, I, I tell you, uh, sorry, go on, Tony. All I was going to say was that, uh, that the thing I, I did enjoy, because you know, I think like, you know, I, I get a bit bored when we keep talking about football, um, and, and tactics especially, but the one thing I did enjoy about Brandon's goal was his... Um, Dandruff washing the hair celebration, celebration. Um, which if that wasn't poking one in Joe Hart's eye, I have no idea what it was. But uh, I'm sorry, Tony. I'm sorry, but it wasn't. It wasn't to do with Joe Hart. Uh, was it? Oh, no, I can reveal. I, I revealed this exclusively last night because uh, last week uh, on the fan cast we noticed that uh, poor old Branner's going a little bit bald on top. Right. So I called him. I called him Baldislav Ivanovich, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know it's well known. It's well known that he's a great fan of the show and he listens every week. So right. he, was, yeah, he, was, he, was, he was basically having a go at me. All right, he's brilliant, isn't he? I mean, the thing about Branner, I, I, you know, I love Branner. He's such an underrated player. And okay, you know what? He's not the perfect right back. You know what? Most of his crosses are pretty shit. But you know what? He's a he's a classic Mourinho player because he gives a hundred and fifty percent for the team. He walk through he walk through a brick wall for you. He'd, you know, he'd kick anybody that you wanted him to and get sent off for the team. I, I love I love. Play. He's a throwback. I love him for that, you know. Yeah, I, so I, forgive, I forgive his crossing. That's I've liked it often before. I've done it on here, but also, you know, uh, in, in the pub as well with friends. And I've said, you know, for me, he's got that that kind of white, that innocent farm boy look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a piece of, you know, there's a piece of straw coming in there. And, and the manager goes up and says, You defend. And he just looks at him and goes, yeah. defend. And then off he goes. And that's it. It's it, 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 it supposed to be a game of simplicity, and I think he he he, he does that perfectly. Yeah, I'm not a water boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think the, the, the thing that's sort of noticeable for me over for footballers, we read much about their their extravagant lifestyles and sports cars and tasteless mansions with carpet buildings and so on and so forth. Right, I love that awesome car. I do, well, I like to think he sort of kept it, kept it a reasonably plush cage somewhere under Cobham. They <laughs> <laughs> throw chunks of meat in occasionally and let him out. And is on the right. And off he goes. And I'm not suggesting for any, any moment that he is a simple man, but I suspect he's a man of simple pleasures. Yes, yeah. I think he, I think he's going to go down as a real cult hero at the club. Actually, I, I can I can see him being here for his entire career, and, and you know we'll be looking back in twenty years. Oh, what a brilliant bloke he was! Won't be lucky to have him. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Now, if anyone has anything else to say about City, please raise it now. Uh, can we play them every week? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a perfectly fair question. Um, we will move on very briefly because, frankly, there's not really a huge amount to say about it. West Ham. We have to touch upon this. It's a Chelsea game. We all watched it. We all saw what happened. Um, it's uh, it's there's just nothing we can say about it. There was much moaning about if we'd had a striker X, Y, and Z. I simply do not think. I will state this clearly now that half a dozen of the world's greatest strikers on that pitch for Chelsea that night would have made a blind bit of difference. 
I, it's just one of those nights where the bugger wasn't going to go in and it didn't matter what we did or who we put on it just wasn't happening and you get them and you move on which we did and yeah. did so um, anyone open to the floor West Ham I, 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 will, I, I want to big up um, not a very popular thing I, I guess on a, on a Chelsea um, podcast but I want to big up Big Sam because that, that was what we did that was a perfectly executed plan. You ride your luck. You do ride your luck. Yeah. It was such an ugly game by West Ham. It was a thing of beauty. Uh, 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 to, to, to play a 9-1 uh, um, formation resulting to the odd 10-0 uh, takes some balls. Uh, and, you know, he, he went up in my estimation at the weekend when he laughed in the face of Chico Flores for blatant cheating. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I, I like I like that about him, man. Whether you like it or not, what West Ham did is not dissimilar to what we've done previously. And we've all gone, oh, yeah, you call us Addy football, but uh, Mourinho's Inter Milan did a very similar thing to Barcelona. And yes. uh, we did it when we played Barca, and we had two shots on goal in the new camp, and we scored both. Uh, and I, I, I just think sometimes the game isn't about ticky tacky, tippy tacky no, bollocks, definitely. right? There is a beauty to the ugly side of it. If that's, I know that sounds like a bit of an oxymoron, but um, you know, fair play. And I agree with 39 shots. We had, was it, 11 on target? Um, it was pinging all over the place, but they were throwing themselves in front of us. They need something. I, I've, I've yet to find the, the, the relevant, not that stats mean a great deal, but the, the relevant stat that it. They blocked 14 goal-bound shots. Yes, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think actually health and safety implications of <laughs> that many shots going wildly past the goal and hitting people in the in <laughs> either end of the ground. Yeah. And, you know, frankly, uh, they might have yeah. to clear those areas and be yellow cones there instead. I, mean, I, I just think that that last night and West Ham and even Stoke and other games that, that and I'm not saying it's it's because of strikers. It, it just seems to be something with all the players at the moment, the lack of the, the, the killer pass, the finishing, is just something that doesn't quite seem to be there at the moment. You know, we're, we're dominating games and, and we're not finding, you know, the, the West Ham game is probably one of those, like you say, Johnny, exceptions where it wouldn't matter who was playing and, and what went on, it was never going to go in. But it is a theme through the season that they still can't quite put the finish on. You know, and that possibly will find us out somewhere further down the line. But you know, it's you could argue that the same was. Uh, you could say the same about last night. I mean, you know, on another day we should have won that three or four yes, nil. Sure, yeah. You know, hitting the bar all the time. Yeah. I, I wonder. You know, I, I, I'm completely with you on this, mate. And and you know, I, I wonder sometimes is it is it uh, you know profligacy or is it just bad luck? You know, I mean, that Matic, that Matic shot last night. I mean, Jesus, how that didn't go, and I don't know, Cahill's as well. Yeah. You know, profligacy, or is it bad luck? It's just, uh, you know, you, you get, sometimes you get the rub of the green, sometimes you don't. And it's, you know, we, we talk about the missed chances last night in, in good humour with hindsight. You know, we'd be having a completely different conversation if it had been one or worse. It's just, it's just the, the way it broke down last night. Uh, it, doesn't it sort of tie in with Donald's earlier theory about progression to the mean? And uh, yeah, eventually this will resolve itself. And and I joked up the week, you know, that our strikers will click and we're going to flash somebody 2 0. And I think, <laughs> in, in actual fact, 
you know, it, someone's going to be on the, the the end of an unfortunate one. They really are, and I, I, I think it's, it's it's got to be coming closer. And we won't need a carpenter to take an half inch off the posts, um, which is my original idea, or to chamfer the post nicely so that the ball in them will be kind of reflected in the goal. A nice um, like bevelled edge, perhaps. Yeah, nice bevelled edge. But I do think that that, that it, it's coming, and and you know we're we're, we're not goal shy. Um, we, we should have had more last night, but I do think they, they are coming. And Etu, I think, to me, is the best we've got in that position because he's a poacher. He's annoying. He gets on goalkeeper's nerves. He puts the ball down for them to take a goal kick. He agitates them. Uh, they're, they're all worried now about him nipping the ball away from their feet or whatever. Um, and uh, for a player that I didn't want in the team because of his things he said in the past... Um, I've done a U-turn. I think he's great. I love him. Squared off things. Well, he's on to a radar. Stuff he's like to be fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what we noticed last night. That's the first time I've actually really noticed this about Eto. But apart, I think all the things you said about Antonio has been spot on. But there's another thing which I think is even more important. He's a real leader. And I think, you know, all that experience he has, he was one of the best players in the world. And you see him on the pitch and he's like, you know, chivying up some of the younger players. He's getting in their ear and he's giving them pats on the back. And, you know, when he went off, I mean, I just love, love that about him. He's got real leadership qualities, you know, and I think yeah. that should be underestimated about him. Yeah, it's very yeah. true, actually. We, we, we've, we've sort of, we briefly touched on this a little while ago, just in terms of the number of leaders in the team we used to have when, you know, the likes of, we had the likes of Balak, um, Drogba, Lampard, Terry. We had sort of five or six people who you could, you could rely on to kind of pull them through when, when the chips were down we don't really have that as much anymore and it's good to see others emerging you know Etu to, to me it's, it's sort of a slightly unlikely one in the sense he's arrived late in his career but with that kind of experience you're right with the kind of experience he's got it's actually quite good to have just another another loud voice on the pitch to kind yeah. of pull things along I think it's very useful um, I think that's really what we need to we've Digress, but there really wasn't much to say, so want to say about West Ham, I don't think. Um, we avoided it brilliantly. Indeed, yeah. I think Jose, Jose should have just, you know, buttoned it and taken it on the chin a bit. I mean, he left himself up. Yeah, that was the first time we'd seen him around this season. You know, he was obviously visibly annoyed. That's just fair enough, I think, you know. I mean, they are in the bottom three, and, yeah. and we're in the top three. We, we should have won it at Canter, really. But. Just just tip that little tip yeah. that one home. Um, yeah. we, we'll, we'll briefly talk about what we covered. Um, uh, we knew much more what was going to happen in the transfer window when we last spoke. Um, ultimately, I think um, last night was, was actually a fairly um, a fairly apt demonstration that we need a mat edge more than we needed a matter. Um, as, as, as sad as it was to see the great little man go, um, Mark he just yeah, Mark, he Mark deserves him. Mark deserves a a, a standing ovation for, for for the prawn analogy alone. Well, it's a bit, it's very kind of a bit late now. Everyone's, yeah. everyone's turned off by this point. Yeah. <laughs> but, but also for the fact that um, you know we we got a very good price for him and we've done very good business on the back of that. Very good business. And United, I think, have done very bad business. Um, they, they spent 37 million quid on someone who may not be the solution. Yeah. It's almost as bad as um, 
thing of buying someone who's injured and they're complaining you can't take it back as if you bought it from John Lewis and, and, um, and United are going to make it even worse if they sign up Rooney for 300,000 quid a week and, and saddle themselves for five years with that and yes, for that reason, yeah. the, the places with the share price it's all going to go horribly wrong up there well, I, I heard that I heard that uh, you know you know Wenger uh, was told about this uh, this uh, bloke he signed. He was injured, and they said, that, you know, have you not heard of Caviar Emtor? And he said, oh, I didn't realise we'd signed him. You've actually fitted him perfectly on this one. You've got the difference is, is that you lot laugh at my own jokes. You're the idiots that I do it. I mean, I mean, if they, you know, if they, if they, if they play like they did against West Ham, 
because Stuart's inquiry makes sense. Of course, at Newcastle, they, they would have been mocked by the departure of... Joe Kibar. I was going to say Johan Kibar. Someone would throw in Joe. Uh, I can reach any manager. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so a double, a double blow. Because obviously there's been a lot of uh, 
strong good brain, I, I would recommend that anyone who wants to properly remember the double season goes to the Chelsea blog and looks for my past Blue Ribbon and Blue Velvet, which celebrated a season in life and was basically the whole Chelsea double season seen through the prism of Dennis Hopper films. And going there, <laughs> going there, I see that uh, what happened was we went to Manchester United away 1 2 1. I had a vision so great as it came to me, I wept, is the appropriate <laughs> We then beat Aston Villa 3-0 in the Cup semi-final. Can you stay alive, baby? Do it for Van Gogh. We then beat Bolton Wanderers. You know, something, I can't do this anymore. And I think that was a game where we only just sneaked it through. And then we lost to one of White Hart Lane. Well, there's no deeper shit than the kind we're in right now, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Just, just when it seemed to be getting dark, we then whacked Stoke 7-0. And those immortal words from Apocalypse Now. I wish I had words, man. I wish I had words. <laughs> we then went up to Liverpool, where Stephen Gerrard whacked past. We came away 2-0. There's nothing but to fear, but fear itself. I know less and less about who I am or who anybody else is. And then we went 8-0. Well, they ain't dancing, and they ain't gambling, and they ain't drinking, cussing, fighting, fucking out of wedlock. They ain't even mentioned in the Bible, and they will get you real close to the And that's it. So, yes, it's all there for you. But that's how it ends. A fine so, ending. A fine ending. Genius. Um, on that note, we will be back in a fortnight um, to discuss Newcastle and whatever's coming out now, because I've closed everything down, because I'm frankly dumb. Um, <laughs> The mighty Stanford Chich, thank you very much for coming on. It has been a pleasure. Mate, it's been a, it's been a real pleasure for me. I, I, as, I, as you know, I listen to your show, you know, all, all the time, and I, and I do love it. It's been a real, it's been a real pleasure. It's been a real pleasure to, to, to participate with you, and uh, I will see you a in the pub on Saturday, hopefully. Uh, but I'd also like to get get you on our show uh, at some point. That'd be yeah, lovely. That would be great. We will, live, we, we, will, we will discuss. Our people will talk to your people. Lovely. Brilliant. Brilliant. On that note, a very good night to you all. Yes. Good night. Good night, yeah. guys. Thanks.